today on The Breakdown. We have, well, we have something for you, don't we? You may have said he was buried. You may have said he was gone. But Berkey lives. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Matt Berkey back in the saddle once again. We've got a hand where he plays against former WSOP Player of the Year, Frank Casella. It's a $50, $100, $200 cash game hand. And let's just say the Berkometer is going off the charts here. It's beeping like crazy because, well, he's going to have a tough decision. It's not going to be easy. What do you do? Especially when you've got two guys whose ranges are so out there, are so, I'm going to say it, whack. Sometimes it's just hard. Well, Berkey's going to have a tough decision. Let me tell you this. He's going to take a long time with it. But we're not going to take any longer with this intro. We're going to get right to the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. That was uh, something else. What? What do you mean? The Berkometer. <laughs> we, we, we've uh, we coined the Berkometer months ago. When Matt Berkey made a very Berkey-esque play that's just like... Yeah. Based on all of these GTO concepts, but, but misusing them, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> where he like was like, yeah, I have the perfect blockers to make this play with. Too good of a hand to make this play with, but actually the blockers didn't mean anything. Right. You're Against the ace-seven of spades. Remember this hand, Jonathan? Nope. Berkey had trips. The other guy had ace-seven of spades. He made a flush. Berkey turned his hand into a bluff mm, because right. he thought he had blockers to a full house, but the guy never has that card in his hand, so it's right. not actually blockers. Right. Ended up costing Berkey like two houses worth of money. <laughs> two houses, huh? Like, yeah. Like $900,000 or something? Yeah. So you refer to the Berkometer, and I think it might be beeping in this hand, but not on Berkey. Boop. It might be the Berkometer might be pointing at Frank Casella. Beep, 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 like 2011 Player of the Year or something, something like, like that. that. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Although, I don't know if the play Casella makes is on the Burkometer, because it's not fancy enough. I'm not sure. We'll get into it. Well, here's the thing. The Burkometer has several different settings, and one of the settings is way too fancy a play for the situation, which it's often going off when Matt Berkey's playing. Yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily this time. But another setting is just, is Matt Berkey around? And you point it, is that Matt Berkey? Ah. And I'll tell you what, it's going crazy at this table, because Matt Berkey's there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also, Frank Casella's there, and I think the Burkometer's not super precise or actually a really good piece of equipment anyway <laughs> and will often often make you know false positives well are we so. gonna come out with percometer 2.0 eventually to to rectify these issues are we gonna do it we i have nothing to do with the production of the percometer i'm solely in r&d i, I, don't, I don't understand we don't come up with anything okay so that's you production you're the production arm so you don't want to make any money off the percometer you just you, want, I, you I, just I, want a salary <laughs> and you'll be fine uh, this has nothing to do with my, my level of equity in the Burkometer, but you're asking, the, you're asking a production question to a, to a research If you want actual person. equity in the Burkometer, you're going to have to take some goddamn <laughs> responsibility for once. <laughs> I or already, else you get a salary and you'll be happy. You tuck your tail between your how, legs. I mean, how much is the salary? I might, this might be fine. 40 Burks. 40 Burks? A month. Do I get vacation? <laughs> <laughs> you get one Burke of vacation a year. <laughs> how about sick days? Uh, you get half a Burke. Because let's be clear, a sick day is a vacation, right? I mean, that's another vacation day, right? Because I'm going to pretend. <laughs> Who, <laughs> I'm doesn't? Sick. Who doesn't? A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't take any sick days. 
That's true. That, but then you build them up, I guess. So then when you leave your job, they, they give you like money for them, right? So that's good. I don't think he's a listener, so I'm not worried about putting this out there. But in reference to that, yeah, my yeah. wife's father is retiring quite soon. Like in the actually, by the time this comes out, he will be retired. But over the course of his career, he accumulated so many sick days and vacation days that he didn't use that his actual date of retirement to like reach all of his financial goals and stuff would have been about six months down the line. But he's just retiring mid-December as, as we're speaking because he has six months of sick days and leave to just like waste and get paid during. Yeah. So a lot of people do that, I guess. Yeah. A lot of people are very, save up the Burks. They're very dedicated or something. So if you are a good employee mm. and you get your one and a half Burks a month of sick plus whatever else vacation. My, and also my 40 Burks of... Well, the 40 Burks, you, these are two different measurements. The 40 <laughs> Burks are, are currency. Yes. And the one and a half Burks are time. Okay. You understand? Everything is a Burke. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. So it's like we're living in the Smurf universe right now a little bit, Anything right? that can be counted <laughs> is a Burke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, good to know. All right, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this this hand then. <laughs> <laughs> because everything that can be counted is a burke. It's going to be tough when we're like, Casella bets 12 burks. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a little confusing for everyone, yeah. but let's do it. We can handle this. The blinds are burke, burke. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not. Do you imagine that Matt Burke, he just sometimes listens to all of the media about him, and then he just sits in his room and he... He plays that song. He's like, here I go again on my own. Just like jams out. Like feels good. I don't imagine that. Actually, what I imagine more is Matt Berkey listens to all the media about him obsessively. This is what I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and goes into his room and closes the door and just looks at his aquarium. There are no fish in it. There's no fish. He looks, though. And he is sad. <laughs> that's, that's what I imagine. True, not true. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, eating a hoagie, but... But I see, I see quiet, quiet sadness, and sometimes a seethingness is what I'm, what I'm picking Maybe up. Maybe a little on. seething, you know. That's what I'm picking up. I think he's putting it down. I think I'm picking it up, you know. Well, if if people came after me like they do Berkey, I would, I would, I would be here. I go again on my owning all day. Um, yeah, I would probably do my best to ignore it all, or or revel in it. Those would be the two choices I would make personally. You know, it's like I know everyone's going to cr- criticize what I'm doing. I'm doing crazy shit. I think that's actually a good idea. Take take the mantle of like a WWF villain. You know, yeah. like you're playing the acting role where everybody's supposed to hate you, and you're like, yeah, I love it. I mean, bring it on. <laughs> that's I cool. love your booze. It's the Tony G thing a yeah. little bit, right? But um, yeah, no, that would actually be really poker could really use something like that. I'll tell you what, Berkey could have been that guy, but. But instead, he sort of went for more like um, the like the, the the nerd scientist in the earthquake movie in terms of look and demeanor, but too tall, too bald, and the decision making. I'm not so sure about sometimes. Well, Matt Berkey. Now, <laughs> I don't want to turn. That's into right. It's a, open season, Matt Berkey. I don't want to turn this into a Berkey bash festival. But, but it is one. <laughs> Because actually, I like the guy, to be fair. I like the guy, too. Despite the things he said about us, I like the he guy. He said so many things about us that now I feel, I feel obligated to take shots on him every time he comes up in the podcast. And this is my honest assessment. Yeah. To be fair, I still hold the thought that it's possible that Berkey's ahead of the game. Yeah, I, I know it's unlikely. I still no, hold no. that. I, I think, think you're right. I think you have an inkling of that thought as well, although maybe... I just said three. Yeah, yeah. I know what you were talking about. I, I totally do agree that it's possible. Okay. Yes. It's possible. But what it feels like more, more likely is that he's the Malcolm Gladwell of poker. 
He's the pseudoscientist of poker. Oh. Who's like putting out these books that are like, yeah, the 10,000 hours for sure. That's real. Like the 10,000 hours yeah. thing. We should all just believe that. And people did for a while. It's exciting to believe stuff and, like and it's that's like, new. And there's like anecdotes to support it here and there, right? Yeah, of course. You get a few anecdotes and then you act like it's factual. Yeah. And you write a whole book about it. And, and, and you sound and you, really you do a good job. And you yeah. sound really smart doing it. Yeah. And it's, and, it's a good book. And yeah. it's fun to read. But it turns out not to be true. I actually think that's a perfect analogy. That is not bad at all. The th- I will say this, though, about Berkey versus Gladwell is with Gladwell, it takes a long time to figure out that he might not be correct. And with Berkey, it's more like you see him make a few plays and then you listen to him talk about it. And I think a lot of people very quickly, maybe so certain things. This isn't true for all of his things by any means, but certain plays really just don't pass the smell. Actually, test. I disagree. OK, I think what's happening is in the realms that Malcolm Gladwell are talking about, we are complete civilians uh, and have no idea what the fuck's going on. That's a I good think point. a data driven scientist who's been doing it for their entire life maybe immediately was like, that's fucking bullshit. Okay, but who's listening to Matt Berkey who doesn't know anything about poker? Oh, I guess you're saying like the amateur poker yeah, player. Of okay, you know what? Fair enough. That's actually a really good point. So we're like the amateur poker player in this. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, there still is a chance that a bunch of the stuff Berkey's doing is streets ahead. Yeah. But it feels like it's, it's a lot of it isn't, quite frankly. Uh, it feels like it. Feels like it. Doesn't mean it's true. But this is where if I were Berkey, I would revel in this stuff. Yes. I'd be either like the, the WWE villain, right? Yes, bring it on. I am, you know, whatever. Down with America or yeah. whatever you say, you know. Uh, and like love the fact that everyone thinks I'm terrible. Like be a whole personality around that. And if I, if I was actually good at this, I would be um, basically just like winning all this money and it would be amazing. You know, it would be like the greatest, right? Um, but it seems like that isn't what's happening, right? It seems like more that he, um, at least maybe he was just keeping it together for a while, but then at some point he broke, like the criticism was too much and he broke. Yeah. He, he like took it too much, too much to heart, which is, I understand to some degree, like he get, gets, you know, punched a lot, uh, by all the people who break down hands yeah. in the world. And there's and a all, lot of them and now. All of his opponents, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of them now. Um, but you know, if you don't want to be punched a lot, like, don't say crazy things and don't make crazy plays on TV. Do it not on TV. And then, you know, you won't get punched in the media and that's it, right? You're going to be on TV. You put yourself out there. I think Tony G is a good example of somebody who did it differently. Who, yeah. Now, Tony G doesn't espouse to be the, the level of poker mind that Berkey espouses to be. But Tony G, at least, maybe this was part of his persona only, but he claimed to be really good at poker sure. at times, you know? But he doesn't, he doesn't mind at all when people say he's not good at poker. Oh, my God. It doesn't God. bother him at all. He's like, fuck you. What are you talking about? I'm Tony fucking G. I'll destroy you. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, if it, for him, it's, a, it's an exciting and fun yeah. challenge. Because to him, everything is part of the game, right? Yeah. And, like, nothing is outside of the bounds of the game. So he'll lie to Phil Helmuth and say, like, of course I looked at, I looked at my hand. Yeah. Up, Joe, look at my hand. Tell Phil if I looked or yeah. not. Yeah. We're referring to an actual hand, if you guys don't know, yeah. from the big game where... He lied. He looked, saw he had ace-king, re-raised, and then told Phil that he didn't, hadn't looked. Phil ended up moving with ace-jack. Tony, won, They ran it three times. Tony won all of them, and Phil was so upset that he stormed off the set, you know? The best thing about that is Joe Hashem's reaction when he mm. realizes what a conundrum he's in, where yeah. Joe's, like, so happily looking at the hand. He's like, I'm participating in this fun little thing. And he looks at the hand, he sees it's like ace-king. He's like... I don't want to say anything. He, Joe fucks things up so bad because Joe's being quiet. Yeah. Tony's like, I haven't looked. And then Phil is like, well, geez, Tony... I mean, have you really not looked? And then Hashem says, he's saying he hasn't looked. Like he, Hashem like he's defending Tony G. Tony G then pass him the, the cards. Yeah, Joe looks and then, and then he says, go ahead and tell him, Joe. <laughs> and Joe's like, I, I have to stay out of this. I'm not, I'm not getting involved anymore, which is like, 
you can you can see Joe. Yeah, Joe's like put himself in the spot a little. Tony's obviously. Done I could it the see most myself part. putting my that myself oh, yeah. in that spot in the moment, just like kind of enjoying the moment. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like he's saying he hasn't looked, doesn't seem like he's trying to convince Phil to go with it because yeah. he really believes it too until he sees the trouble. Yeah. And oh man, it's uh, it's That's classic. So the point is that Tony like. To him, everything's part of the game. And so then he, like, all the things he says, he, like, yells at Andrew Robel. But I don't believe he's actually upset at Andrew Robel. I think he's just, like, being highly theatrical, maybe slightly annoyed. And, you know, also thinks it gives him a slight edge if he can speed this fucking kid up a little bit, you know? Like, but that doesn't feel like any of that's going on over here. And it's just too bad. Like, that's all. There's two factors that, that may be involved in their difference. Obviously, one is personality. You have Tony Mm -hmm. G has a a special personality. It's hard to be that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and two is era. Like in the era that Tony G was most prominent in poker, poker was more art than science. Yeah. At least it was skewed that way compared to what it is now. Now poker is far more science than art, especially when you're Matt Berkey and you have an, a thing called Solve for Why Academy. Right. So like yeah. attacks against the science behind your poker are much more detrimental than somebody telling Tony G you shouldn't have limb shoved for 600 blinds with ace two suited because that's you're terrible right. and Tony's like fuck you look what you just did with king jack exactly you you're even worse yeah. yeah no you're right that's actually a very very good point that there's yeah. there's clear financial incentives one of the reasons why Berkey's putting himself out there probably consistently is you know for branding and for advertising sake and all that and uh and yeah when people like us honestly people like us whose audience is like the perfect demographic for software why exactly yeah. the people they would want to be sol- signing up like that i could see how that's a little problematic but, you know, coming after us doesn't, like, help them get our, our audience either, though, honestly. Whatever. It's an interesting little thing. We now have a few with Matt Berkey. It's finally about time. We don't really. We gave him a lot of credit within that, you know. We also took some. I took, I took some shots. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I always take more shots than you do. Well, like, because I want to be fair. I don't want to react emotionally like he did. You know, I want to I want to give credit where credit is due. It's possible that he's deserving of more credit than he's given. I feel like you always bend over a little too far backwards, specifically for that guy, though, more than more than almost anybody else in poker. And we do all these hands from all these people. I feel like you bend over backward more for him. Do you disagree? I think that I've been in the position where I have to more frequently, but I do disagree. I think it's. Uh, it's because, first of all, we talk about him all the time. Yes, we do. And he's a <laughs> controversial player that many players, many people think is bad, despite yeah. his claims, right? So I feel like there's a little bit of need of defense of him because I think there's an inkling of skill there and an inkling of mm-hmm. understanding that maybe other people don't have. So I think it's worth sure. talking about that. And I also think it's because his personality is very likable. Like, except for when he lashes out and reacts poorly. He's a very nice, likable guy versus a guy like Phil Helmuth, which, who I have no problem holding over uh, a barrel because I fucking hate the guy. Right, right, You know, right. like, I really dislike Phil Helmuth. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair so enough. I think that's part of it, too. That's, a, that's all very reasonable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, the things you're saying also, like, the second thing, anyway, is then just about, like, that, that actually is emotion-based, right? Right, right. No, I'm saying, like, there's only a certain level I'll go as far as negative on a player if I like the person. Right. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is fine. I think it's fair. Like, No, it's, it's not. It's ridiculous. But, it's, but, but whatever. I mean, I'm still analyzing his plays in the cold light of day. Are well. you? Yeah, I have been. Are you, though? Yes. <laughs> I have to call him out because you don't ever call him out. That's what I'm saying. I call him out all the time. <laughs> you don't call him out enough. What was the last thing on the last podcast we did about him? What was that? Li- I had like a very detrimental line to him. I don't remember what it was, but it was. I don't remember. It felt it. mean when I said it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's like a well-spoken something or other, but it didn't end up well. I don't remember what it was. Okay. The audience knows. They love all of the grant lines, of course. All right. Let's finally get to the hand, shall we? It was suggested by Carl on Twitter. 
Carl suggested on Twitter using a YouTube link and a timestamp. We are the poker guys on Twitter. That's how you suggest on Twitter. We are forever the poker guys on Twitter. Yeah. Actually, you can reach back into ancient Greece. We're still the poker guys on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so when you suggest hands, uh, specifically, and you're including a video, uh, we can't use a lot of hands these days because of uh, legalities. For videos, like, specifically. Yeah, yeah, of course. We can do any hand for a podcast. But uh, so, you know, like we, we ask that you take from a very particular pool these days, right? Which is like the Triton series and... WPT. Yep. Aussie Millions. Yep. EPT. Anything Poker Stars is fine. Yes. That's a lot right yeah. there, actually, if you, you know, look. The problem is it seems like everyone wants to give us stuff we can't use, like for video. So, like, go on and give us stuff we can. Yeah, the stuff we can't use are, like, the things that are most suggested that we can't use are high-stakes poker mm. and uh, Poker Go-related stuff yeah, in general. it's too bad. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. And World Series of Poker, which is owned, oh, by, yeah, that owned by Poker Go now. So, Blast! Yeah, we had so many good po- World Series of Poker hands on YouTube. We had to... I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. Okay. Oh, Jonathan's sad now. Yep. He's gonna, like, he's like go, Matt Berkey exactly. after reading Poker News. <laughs> I'm going to go look at that aquarium and imagine a frog in there. A small frog. What color? Brown. A little so, brown frog. And that's your joy? <laughs> a little brown frog? No, it's just it's a melancholy frog. Ah, the frog is melancholy or it brings melancholy to the room? Well, I am melancholy, but I would want to sit with a, a frog who matches my mood. And so the brown frog will do that. <laughs> Everybody wants to sit with a frog who matches their mood. Yeah. And so he's in the aquarium. I'm out of the aquarium. I mean, he's not actually there, obviously. I'm just imagining this. Yeah. And he, uh, he's brown because he's, you know, kind of matching the color of the, the flora and the fauna in the, uh, in the aquarium. So it's all brown, rotten. It's all pretty, yeah. It's, uh, he's not going to get fed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to die a terrible death. Okay. Not, not out of anger, just out of sadness. Neglect. Yeah. Yes. I, I too, may waste away. <laughs> Cool. With right. that, let's talk about this poker hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a 5,100 cash game. Yeah. They got the $200 straddle on. Frank Casella, a lot of people don't know who that is, but he did win World Series of Poker Player of the Year. I think he plays a lot of mixed games, right? That's usually how you win Player of the Year. In fact, yes, he won. He's done very well in mixed games, at least in the, in the old days. And he's also known for his shirt selection. He wears wacky shirts. Does he? Yeah. Okay. What I remember Frank Casella is like, when iPads first came out, he the he was featured a little bit in the main event that year. I think it's because like the year after he won Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and he was just literally on his iPad the entire time, like never really even looking up, just being like on his iPad, then like look up briefly to put chips in and back to the iPad. He's like loving that iPad so yeah. much. Early adopter. What a personality. Yeah, congrats, Frank. All right, so Frank is going to start us off. He is under the gun, although it's a straddle, so it's really plus one. He's got fifty thousand dollars. $200 straddle. Opens to 500 with 9-7 of hearts. A little ambitious in early position, but whatever. If you whatever. want to play a, bot, a lot of hands, fine. Folds to Berkey using the small blind, so he's put in 50. Berkey's the effective stack with 36,500. He's got ace-king off. Ace of clubs, king of spades. You three betting 100%? Just about. And how are you sizing it over the 500? Pretty damn big. Um, I think... I think we're looking at, at like 5 to 6x, pretty reasonably. 5x is probably best, but 5 to 6x. Well, it sounds like you love the Berkey. He makes it 5x. I do love the Berkey. 2,500. What do you think about that? I think it's fine. You You're going to get some folds. Yeah. 
We should get a few folds with that. Should we get a fold here? Because the blinds fold. Yeah. It's back to Casella with 9-7 of hearts. It flops well. There's going to be 5,300 in the pot if he calls. Stack the pot's not incredible. It's like 7-1. to one. Not horrific. We're going to be in position. It's Berkey. He's wider than most, right? He's yeah. going to three-bet some hands that he shouldn't be. We've seen that. We should have some folds in our range here, right? We should. And if we're not folding this, I'm not sure what we're folding. Maybe bad aces, like ace-10 off and stuff. We can fold those. Yeah. But I'd rather I'd rather call this an ace-10 off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is there still should we call with this, even if we're going to fold some bad aces? Like I feel like we can fold our suited one gappers, like, queen 10 and lower why not like we can call with all of the suited connectors that are queen jack and lower why not fold the one gappers right just to have enough folds especially like the non-broadway one gappers yeah like nines like if we have queen 10 of hearts i could i feel like it's kind of hard to fold that yeah i could find a call there but i could also understand it's folding okay fold. in the context of all of the hands we're opening yeah i agree we're we also open what we were under the gun right yeah like berkey i mean berkey's got a lot of three bets from the small blind when he plays i would think right he probably doesn't have that many calls um, Probably with with the um, with the straddle especially, yeah. um, but still nine seven of hearts. I don't know. I would probably dump it honestly, but I can't. I don't think it's terrible to call. I don't either. It just feels like if we're actually constructing ranges, we probably should be folding right. this unless we're opening like way too wide. Like we're opening like four seven suited and shit like that. Yeah, I hope I hope Gisela isn't doing that, but I don't know. He's he is pretty whack with his ranges too. He really so likes to knows? play a lot of suited. At least he used to like to play a lot of suits. When stuff. what is that uh, memory from? Where where are you gaining that memory from? I mean, I've seen him in the in the past playing on cash games. Probably actually old Poker Night in America stuff. He's played a, there a bunch. He also did play a bunch of World Series stuff too. And I just remember him opening from all positions with like all sorts of suited one gap, two gap type stuff back in the day. That was a long time ago, but he's a mixed game player. You know, those suited cards look good to him. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I why guess. not? Why not? Sure. Okay, so he calls obviously, or else, or or he's gonna hands format. over, or he's gonna format. Yeah, I guess we someday we might balance our range. We'll see. Um, hmm. But he does call. The pot is fifty three hundred dollars. Okay, fine. That would be a good amount of money to win on nitrogen sports, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, it's not as good as like fifty eight hundred dollars. True, but the good thing about any amount that you win is that it's in Bitcoin and nitrogen. They understand how cryptocurrency works. You know, I think all the sites do, but Nitrogen actually <laughs> kind of abides by the cryptocurrency ways. And when you withdraw your money, you get it within 90 minutes. And that is not like within 90 minutes of them processing it in two days. Like, really, you click the button, within 90 minutes, you get your money. That's different than other sites, right, Jonathan? It's wildly different than other sites. Uh, we deal with other sites for different reasons. And at times, it takes days and days to get your money, like, Three days, four days, five days, you know. Uh, it's crazy when with nitrogen you get it so fast and every time. It's been with, years of them always paying with out. With all these fights using crypto, we are pretty crypto savvy as men, much of the poker community is. Like, there is zero reason for it to take more than 90 minutes to get yeah. your money if you're using crypto. And nitrogen acknowledges that and gives you your money. Yeah. Which is just indicative of what type of a company it is. It's the type of place that you can feel safe playing poker. We felt, felt safe with them as our sponsor for almost four years now. They've always been good guys. And in that vein, they also give great deals to the players, whether it's because they just want to give great deals to the players or they're not paying attention because they don't care <laughs> about, about that element of it that much because they're doing well. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's the monthly poker guys tournament 
It's an incredible tournament. There's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed. They cap the player pool at 300. So at least 700 buy-ins are getting thrown in by nitrogen. It's a lot of money. It's a yep. lot of money because it's 100 millibits guaranteed. That's not chump change these days. It is not chump change these days. It's always more than 700 buy-ins as well. It's more like 800 buy-ins, which these days is like $1,500. They're just, they're just giving away. Just giving it away every month. No big whatevs. And if you want to play that every month, you have to use the link in the description of this podcast to gain access to Nitrogen. Signing up is super easy. It's just a username and a password. There's nothing else. You don't have to give them your ID or all that bullshit. It's just username and password. It's great. Yeah. It's a wonderful... It's like Lucky Charms when you're seven years old. It's great. Ah, Lucky Charms. The marshmallow part. That's what it is. Yeah. Although all of it's good. (laughs) But the marshmallow part's the best part. Well, you need the marshmallow part, but all of it's good. Yeah. Also, they have different marshmallows now. You know, all sorts of cool ones. Maybe next day after you have the Lucky Charms, you change it up a little bit. You get like the Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs, wonderful. Alphabet's surprisingly good. I mean, let's be honest. It's hard to find like a bad sugar cere- like sugary cereal yeah. in the in the supermarket unless like, you want to live all... for unless you want to live for a long time. Right, right. I mean, but if you're just looking for like a flavor explosion, yeah, yeah. they're all pretty great. Some are better than others, but it's hard to be like that from, sucked, from, right? From a purely hedonistic point yeah. of view, yes, that's correct. It's like, oh yeah, I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nitrogen sports <laughs> Yeah, it's basically like that except for the there's no bad effects down the line, you know. Yeah. You're not going to get higher blood pressure due to playing on nitrogen. Unless you, maybe you, you I mean, know, maybe if you gamble with two, more money than you should, like then that's maybe, your, that's may, on you. Maybe if you win, you know, a bunch and you get super excited and you get yeah. all your blood pressure gets crazy. It's possible. It's possible. Any hoots. What else is possible is Matt Berkey and Frank Casella playing this yes. cash game. And we're going to continue talking about it now. Good. $5,300 in the pot. Berkey is in the small blind with ace king having three bet. Ace of clubs, king of spades. Frank Casella, nine, seven of hearts having called and opened. Flop is 10 of clubs, king of diamonds, eight of hearts. Good flop for Berkey, ace king. Yeah. Okay flop for Caselli. Flop's an open ender. Pretty good. Although it's not as good of an open ender with that dangling king there. You know, it hurts his open ender a little bit against hands like ace queen. It's true. Um, but he also has the backdoor flush draw, which is nice with, with the eight of hearts. Berkey's going to bet. Feels pretty obvious. This is a range advantage board, and he's hit it. Do you think this is a 100% bet for Berkey, or only if you have at least some equity like a gut shot? Um. I don't think this is a 100% bet. Uh, I think there's some hands he may decide to check. A hand like two jacks he might check. Jacks and queens feel like the most obvious checking yep. hands. Uh, if he has like ace 10 or if he has a 10 in his hand somehow, like jack 10 suit or something like yeah. that, he might decide to check that too, uh, at least some of the time. He, uh, if that's the case, he's also got to check some other hands as well, at least a little bit, right? So he might decide to check like top set once in a while or a set once in a while or something like that, a very strong hand. Also should check some, some just complete whiffs that have no equity and nothing going on. So like no backdoor flush draws or no straight draws, something like that as well, which there should be at least a little bit of some suited connectors that just completely missed here. Yeah. Anyway, he's hit. Yeah. He's going to bet. How do you want to size it? 5,300 in the pot. You have about 35K, 34K to start the flop. Okay, well, this is the kind of board that I wouldn't expect we're going to get that many folds from Mr. Casella, right? Because he's got at least a gut shot a lot of the time? Yeah. He's in position. He's got at least a gutter. He hits this board a fair amount anyway for a pair, right? A 10 and a king are reasonable parts of his range. Like you said, ace-jack, ace-queen, very reasonable as well. Two sevens and lower, probably going to fold. Yep. Two, two nines is questionable. So I probably call once, depending on how we size it. Yeah. You know, um, but I think, you know, kings and tens are really going to have to just be forced to pay us off a lot. I think we should bet a reasonable amount here. 
like more than half the pot anyway because of the 10 being there. If it was like king, deuce, eight, I think we could bet really much smaller. Mm -hmm. There's two diamonds. No, there isn't. Sorry, it's a rainbow board. Um, But like because we we expect to get a lot of calls, I think it's really fine just to, to size it up a bit. And on a safe turn card, we could we could bomb it. It seems like a reasonable plan to me. What do you think? I'm concerned about missing out on value by sizing it up and then bombing it as far as like getting calls from tens and hands like that. I mean, it, tens are going to have a real, no matter how we size the turn, tens are going to have a really tough time continuing if they don't really want to continue. You know, well, is like, it a foregone conclusion that we're betting the turn on innocuous cards? I think we're almost, if we get called on the flop, we're out of position. We're often getting a call on the turn. We can be up against a lot of kings, as we can see. Cassell is going to call with all his kings, right? Pre-flop. Sure. Um, don't we want to get value from that? Don't we want to try and get value from 10s also? Berkey's got a rep of being wild, so maybe he gets called by 10s more of the time. These are questions I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I know I'm saying it as, as if I'm asserting it. I'm Ke- sort of wondering. Cassell is a little, a little wild himself, he right? Is. He is. Maybe the best line is to bet the flop, hope to get called, and check shove the turn with a stacked pot ratio hmm. against a player like Casella. That's interesting. I don't hate that at all. Um, that would actually work out very nicely if we bet a reasonable amount on the flop. Uh, we check. There's going to be something like, what, 14K in the pot, 12K in the pot, something like that. Casella bets, or if Casella bets on the turn, yeah. we can shove. It's not going to be too much, but it's going to, if he has a draw, it's going to force his draw out or he's going to have to make a bad call. If he has anything, I don't, I don't know if we get. I worry about getting action from the ace tens that way, but maybe we only get two streets with, well, from a ten anyway, so it doesn't matter, right? At best, as you were saying that, I was thinking Casella might have some checkbacks in the turn. Those might be hands like tens, yeah, like, which is not so bad. So we might be more likely to get two streets out of tens yep. by checking the turn anyway, because okay. we can get called on the river. Yeah, and uh, and if he doesn't have a ten, if he has a draw or something else, like Casella's going to be hard pressed to fold king queen or king jack if he bets the turn and we shove. I agree. Right, so we get max value that way. If he has a draw. We're denying equity to the draw and getting more money out of it because he's definitely betting a draw if we check the turn, right? I think so. Also, honestly, like this is not a line people take with very strong hands that often. They yeah. usually keep betting, right? So I kind of like it because it looks a little bluffy, you know? So that's kind of cool. Like maybe we're going to play Queen Jack suited like this sometimes, you know, go for the check raise on the turn yeah. all in. Like that's uh, maybe we're going to play Ace Jack this way sometimes if we pick up some equity on the turn. If we're suited, we pick up a flush draw or something like that. Or maybe we just play it that way anyway because we think how can, can Casella really call with almost anything? I kind of like it. I think it's cool. That's a good line. All right. Well, let's let's first do the flop. Okay. So he does bet the flop. Berkey does thirty eight hundred into fifty three hundred. So yes. he, he, goes he goes with kind of your big. sizing, kind of what it's you were big. saying. King ten eight rainbow. Casella with seven nine of hearts. Can you raise? I mean. In 2010, everybody raised here. Yeah. But should you? Can you? Is it a good idea? The big problem with raising right here is we set up a really easy shove for Berkey with all his value. Yep. And then we are forced to fold or make a terrible call, I guess. Those are our two options then, and those suck. Mm-hmm. Because we're in position, actually, I like a call a lot more than a raise, where then we get to see if Berkey checks the turn. I would fall right into this trap that, we, that we've talked about, you know, that you came up with, of the check raise, and absolutely bet all turn cards if you check to me. Like, I can't really think of a turn card, even a nine or a seven, that I would just check back. I think I would just bet them all and uh, build the pot, some, you know, have some fold equity, and then play the river. If I, hit, if I hit a nine or seven, I can check it back. If not, I'd probably shove at least some river some of the time even if I don't get there. And, uh, you know, like, so I, I think I like a call with a plan on betting turns if he checks. 
that seems like a better play, right? Because Berkey raised from the small blind, like against our under the gun range. Like he still is going to have a lot of strong hands here, right? Probably. So a raise could just, if we get shut out, if he just moves in with aces because stack the pot and like, what the hell, why not? You know, whatever. He just moves in like, it's going to suck. Yep. Casella agrees with you and calls. Yeah. The pot is now $12,900. Do you agree with me? Casella agrees, sure. But do you? Yeah, okay. I do. All right. $12,900. Four of clubs on the turn. It's the second club. Yeah. King 10, 8, 4. Yeah. All right. So now is the chance. Enact a plan. Check I mean, shove. I mean, this is going to work out beautifully, right? Like Berkey checks. Casella bets. Whatever he, whatever he bets, Berkey shoves. Casella probably going to have to make a crying fold. And it's like kind of a, a beautiful way to play this hand, as yeah. it turns out. If, he can, if everyone can do what we said. Berkey instead decides to continue betting and to bet big. Yeah. So I want the Jonathan Levy dissection of this bet and whether or not, <laughs> whether or not it's good. Well, I think now what he's doing is he's trying to clean up uh, all the draw equity. He's going to like push out the draw equity or force it to shove, I guess. That's its other option. Um, and a king is going to have to... I think a king is mostly going to hold on. We assume a king is going to pay us off, right? And Berkey is... By betting this big, Ber- if Berkey bets... What? If, if Berkey bets big, which he does. Yeah. Right? He bets 11K, right? Into 12.9. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's only going to be uh, about 20,000 back for Berkey. So he sets up a spot where you can absolutely get all in against other kings on the river comfortably. And he's like, Kassel may just feel obligated to call it the King Jacks of the world and better, right? He might against a player like Berkey. Yeah. Um, maybe some other hands too, where he just thinks like, are you really going to take this line with, I mean, sure, aces, sure, pocket kings, but there are, how many hands do you really have here? You know, he may ask himself. I don't know. He might. So... Do you like it? Do you like the sizing? Betting this big? Yeah. I feel like it's a little too polarizing, actually. I know I said bomb the turn, but this feel, especially on this card, the four of clubs. Innocuous card. Super innocuous. I want to bet a little bit less to, because it feels like we're almost setting up an easier call on the river, which, I mean, maybe I'm leveling this too much, but it feels almost a little transparent, like... Don't we want to set it up so we've got a big shove, a bigger shove on the river so it's like a little scarier looking instead of like, oh, we shoved three quarters pot on the river. Like that's a really strong fucking shove right after based on this line. Well, he is pricing out the draws this way. That is true. That is true. Queen, Jack and seven, nine are really the only draws you care about, though. I mean, Jack, nine, Jack, nine. Yeah, that too. That's it, though. Um, I guess if he, I guess Casella can have ace, Jack, and ace, uh, ace, queen, and stuff like that, which will fold, of course. But they'll fold to any bet, I guess, yeah. right? Maybe not if they're clubs, but Berkey blocks that, so they can't be. And if they're clubs, yeah, they're not folding no matter how we, how we size it. So it doesn't matter. I mean, but if, I don't know. If we bet, instead of betting 11 into 12.9, we could bet like, I don't know, 85 into 12.9 and probably get the same results, right? Is queen, Jack going to call 85 with one card to come? Shouldn't. So probably won't. Yeah. Honestly, Queen Jack isn't that bad. We have an ace in our hand anyway. We block some stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're in good shape here. I kind of want to bet a little less to like force the kings, all the kings to stick around and maybe the tens to stick around too. A little bit more. I just like the check shove plan better overall. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I agree with you. But since we're betting, I like betting less. Also, that means like we can set up the quote scarier river shove. Yeah. Which I think is more likely to look polarizing and thus maybe get some hero calls. All right, well, this should be the end of the hand, right? Casella can't call with 9-7 of hearts now. I mean, I don't know what he's supposed to do. Like, Berkey's taking a lot of, showing a lot of strength. Berkey is polarized, I guess, but obviously nine, 9 high is no good, and there's only 20K back after this play for Berkey. Well, Casella moves in. Of course he does, because, you know, All right. he has to. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't do this hand. 
is this just some form of entitlement tilt by Frank Casella? Or does he really think that Berkey has enough bluffs that this is profitable? Because he's, he's giving Berkey a great price. He moves in for 19.5 more effective. That's yeah. Berkey's stack over the 11K bet. Well, here's what it is. Strong looking. Yes. It looks like, wow. Like, what are you doing? Like, Berkey's sitting there thinking, like, I have aces. I have ace king. You don't really have those very much. Like, you're going to four bet those most yeah. of the time. Uh, most of the time, right? I have kings. Same thing. Um, you can have, I mean, like I got all the strongest hands. Like Berkey also has tens and Berkey, I think has pocket eights at least some of the time here too. I think he's going to three by pocket eights sometimes. Yeah. Pre. So like Casella, I mean, Casella doing it. It's like, wow. Like Berkey is uncapped, has all the super strong hands. Um, so that's kind of cool. Is but, that a good range to do it against, though? <laughs> no, of course. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, Berkey's never betting queens like this on the turn, right? No, 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 no. Berkey is betting maybe ace-jack suited like this on the turn sometimes. May, yeah, you could get fold out that hand, sure. Um, Berkey might not, though, unless he picks up some equity. And if he's picked up a combo draw, he actually can't fold it. True. Like, the, the, we're giving him too good a price. And that's a real problem because we have nine high. Yep. So... I don't like this play for that reason. We can't even fold out the ace queen of clubs or something like that. Like that is forced to call. If we were a lot deeper, we could get it to fold. So we're, we're just not. folding out the ace jack, ace queen that aren't of clubs and then random bluffs. Because Berkey doesn't have jacks or queens. He doesn't have a 10. He's not playing those hands this way. Maybe, maybe Berkey's got like ace five of clubs sometimes. C bets the flop and now picks up the nut flusher on the turn and bets again. Um, and now when we move in, He's supposed to fold. I don't know if he will, but he's supposed to. That's also like not that big of a part of his range. I agree. I don't like this play by Casella. I'm down. I'm down on this play. What is the bottom of Casella's value range? King 10, 810. If he didn't raise 810 on the flop, we could have 810 suited. 810 suited seems reasonable. I, yeah, that feels like the absolute bottom of his range. 810 suited, right? He's never. I, I did speculate before we started this hand that maybe you could have the king X of clubs and move in like the king jack, king, king queen of clubs. He might, people do that sometimes. Yeah, I don't like it. I prefer a call here because of Berkey's range. It feels very polarized, i.e. usually better or worse than king queen. Yeah. Well, obviously better or worse than king queen. Okay, you're right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but like usually a lot better, a lot worse, right? Meaning like... Well, maybe just a little bit better, but usually a lot worse yeah. or, or clearly better, right? Yeah. Like Ace-King-X. If we're, if we're Casella, are we really t- are we really think we're going to get Ace-King to fold? And nope. you're not getting called by King-Jack. Like, right. he usually doesn't have King-Jack. If he does, he's usually not betting 11,000 yeah. on the turn, right? Um, so, yeah. I don't like this play. So he doesn't have King-X of clubs, really, if he's a good player. He's a wacky player. He's an okay. unusual player. You wouldn't have king X of clubs. I would not. You I would, would be like, I love my showdown value, and I don't love my, the range that's continuing against me when I shove. So I am calling and yeah. hoping for a non-ace on the river, please. I love a club, but I'll take just any non-ace. I will accept that, you know? Right. So we probably should discount that from Berkey's perspective as part of Casella's value range, yeah, right? I think so. So it's 8-10 suited, which is two combos. Assuming he calls preflop and doesn't raise the flop, so you have to diminish that to like half a combo probably. Because mostly he's raising the flop with a ten suited, right? If Casella has a ten suited, um, this yeah, I mean mostly, but he's going to call sometimes on the rainbow board where you expect Berkey to fire a second time, sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah, yeah, 
but you like gave it 25%. It might be a little higher than that. Okay. Because so, he's in position. But probably less than a full combo. Yeah. Yeah, maybe whatever. So half, half to, you know, three quarters of a combo, something like that. And King 10 suited maybe 1.25 combos. I don't know. Maybe one combo. He's probably raising that in the flop sum too. Uh, from Berkey's point of view, we also have a king in our hand, so there's not too many combos. Yeah, left, there's even right? fewer. There's one combo. Yeah. So, so half a combo of that. Okay. Then there's set of eights. You could probably have that a decent amount. Yep. No set of fours. I don't think that's really going to be Seems unlikely. Probably set of tens is in there. I think so. I think you can have tens here. Other than that, there's not much value. It's not really a good representation of value. Nope. I'm not even sure he's going to always move, raise the turn with the set of eights, set of tens, where you're in position against Berkey, who's got only 19.5 yeah. back. Like, let Berkey fire one more time when we're super strong, at least a fair amount of the time, right? Like, that four of clubs is not super scary. There's almost nothing. Like, we think, if we have got a set of tens here, there's basically nothing we're afraid of, right? Like, yeah, once in a while, a card's going to come and we're going to lose. But, like, probably we're getting in it anyway. I guess Berkey out of ace-queen and a jack could come. But, like, whatever, it's 20K. Yeah. We're Frank Casella. Like, of course, we, we can fade that. We don't care. Yeah, we're the guy. We have so many iPads. We got, we got, we got shirts for days over here. We're Frank freaking Casella. iPads. You know, they gave him that World Series Player of the Year. And, you know, actually, when you win the World Series Player of the Year, I believe there was a, a long time when there was no actual prize associated with that you just got the like the certificate like they just announced it but i think eventually they started like some, there is a prize i didn't know there was a prize i think then for a little while when when, when the wsp was really big on espn they actually started giving a car out to people but ah. i think that stopped again as you know it's like the fact that players play really hard for it they really want to win it like there's nothing to win yeah. usually like some of them probably have bets and stuff and there's some brand power a little bit, but I couldn't tell you who was the WSOP player of the year in 2019. Can you? No. Right. So that's a problem. Yeah. For winning that. Well, the problem is also, and they've, I think they've been trying to change this over time, but it's weighted so heavily towards the mixed game players because those tournaments are much smaller and it's about how high you finish in tournaments and, and field size does matter, but it's still heavily weighted towards final tabling and winning. And it's much easier to win in 200 player fields than 4,000 player fields. I mean, if you want to be the player of the year, you have to play a lot of the events, yeah. including the mixed stuff. There's no yeah. question about it. Unless right. you're Jeff Madsen, who I think played like six tournaments that year and won two of them and uh, was the player of the year anyway. 2006? Something like that. Long time ago. Yeah. Ah, Jeff Madsen. Anyway, so <laughs> as Matt Berkey. Yeah. It's not comfortable. He's giving us a really good price. I mean, it looks like he's got a pretty good hand, right? Like, But the value combos are few and far between. But what about the bluff combos? Well, here's the Where problem. Where are those at? There's, there's a bit of an issue if we're Matt Berkey. It's that we have the ace of clubs in our hand. Yeah. Like, I really hate that if I'm Matt Berkey. And in fact, when Casella moved in, the first thing Berkey did was check his cards. I'm sure he was checking to see, do I have the ace of clubs? Is yeah. that the ace of clubs? It is. Rats. Like, you'd really rather have the king of clubs here than the ace of clubs. Right. Right. And to be clear, that's because we want Casella to have ace-jack or ace-queen of clubs. Right. And also, if Casella has had, if we have the king of clubs, then... Uh, then you can still have the ace-jack or ace-queen of clubs. Right. Which right. are the bluff combos. Yeah, but we have the ace of clubs, so now we can't have those combos. As you were saying before, if Casella has got the king-x of clubs, I don't think he's moving in much anyway... Ugh. So now if we're giving him reasonable stuff, he has like queen jack, jack nine, and seven nine of clubs. Those are three combos that make sense. We may not even give him seven nine if we're Berkey. We're yeah, not, we might not. We just may not be thinking about that, but sure. Okay, maybe he has queen jack off or just queen jack not of clubs. How about that? Some version of queen jack not. Maybe there's just the suited ones, but still. 
maybe he can have that and move it on the turn. Well, we see he has seven nine suited, so, so I we guess we it. can give him all sixteen suited or twelve suited combos of seven nine jack nine and queen jack, right? We assume he's probably going to play them all the same way. I don't know that that's actually true. He may not play them all as move-ins every time. I mean... He's not calling with them. He might fold sometimes, though. Yeah. Okay. He can't call. But he may feel like he's got to have some bluffs here. You know, if he's going to move in and it's such a strong move-in. You know, we, we went over the hands that he's moving in with, right? So he has to have some bluffs. Um, these are... like So he feels he has to, has to have some straight draws here to get here because like besides that it's just like backdoor flush draws that are coming in which is a combo draw which is well i don't know a little too good anyway when you're giving this price do you really need more than the three combos that i mentioned of like from casella's perspective you actually have five combos that make perfect sense ace jack of clubs ace queen of clubs jack nine of clubs seven nine of clubs queen jack of clubs right sure those are all perfectly good semi-bluffing combos that make sense to get here this way right um yeah and then your value combos total around six or seven at, based on our analysis. Well, we, I mean, if you include the sets. Yeah. We're not giving him all three combos of those hands. Right, but we're giving him a fair amount, right? So if you give him one and a half of tens, one and a half of eights, uh, half a combo of eight, ten, half a, or half a combo of king, ten, or one full combo of king, ten even, then where, where are you? You're not that much more than I said. You didn't even say half a combo of pocket kings. What Sorry, half a combo of pocket kings. It's like five to seven yeah, combos. Okay. All right, that's fine. So I don't think you need to add in anything besides the, the combo draws, right? Okay. You could be right. That, that does make sense. Yeah, I think you're right. So this is just should be a fold, and that should be it. Yeah. But instead, he moved in, and now that we're Berkey, having the ace of clubs in our hand, we can eliminate the two most obvious combo draws. Yet, we're getting a price. We're getting a price, and also, if we think about our range, like, are we really going to play... Ace King to bet eleven thousand on the turn and fold for twenty more. Well, like, what what hands are we playing this week right. that we fold? Well, we definitely have bluffs that we're folding, right? So that's like, going to be uh, part of our range. Ace Queen and Ace Jack that are like I'm going for it that aren't of clubs. Yeah, maybe Queen Jack suited, which we just bet big on the turn, yeah. and then we get shoved on, and we're like, oh man, and now we have to fold, and it sucks. But, but I can we're see probably that. not just randomly barreling away with two sixes, right? I don't think so, but I will admit Berkey surprises me sometimes. But I don't think we are. I don't think we are. Uh, I mean, we have ace, ace, king, king, 10, 10, 8, 8 that we can call with, with ease. We have king, 10 suited at least sometimes yeah. also. If we have 8, 8, we have king, 10 suited. Yeah. Um, so some of those, we obviously have some of the big ones. And we have ace, king. Actually, I guess you could make, because we have the ace at clubs in our hand, maybe, maybe it's the bottom of our range. Maybe it's, the, maybe, it's the, maybe it's like we should be folding it, is what I mean, you know, in terms of distribution. Not, not range, but in yeah. terms of distribution, maybe this is a fold because we have the ace at clubs. But we are getting a price, and it's weird to play this hand so big and then fold for 20K more. Yeah, I mean, it's, but the, the price is, is really quite good. It's, uh, let's see, we got 20 It's like 20 to, to win like 50, 35. right? 53? Like 54, yeah. It's like yeah. 19K to win 54. So you're getting, yeah, two, getting like 2.7 to 1 or something? Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> you are drawing dead against some of those hands that Cassell could have. Yep, very much so. Once in a while, though, you are up against the two pairs, which you actually can outdraw him on. You can. I mean, 8 is the only one that's easy, right? Yeah, I mean, you can outdraw King-10. It's harder. But you have three outs, right? Yeah. Versus, I mean... You don't have that much more. I guess yeah. you have kings, aces, and fours. It actually is a lot better if you're up against eight yeah. ten there. Um, you do block king ten suited. As you're saying, there's only one combo of king ten suited, so that's good at least. 
if you're up, you know, yeah. cuts on the bad two pair of commas. But like all the sets were just screwed against. Um, I will say this too. If I'm Matt Berkey, and sometimes I think of myself as Matt Berkey, you know, of course, in my when I'm sleeping, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, I'm aware that people know that I make some pretty big folds. True. He's like, known for big folds. He has made a lot, often incorrectly, by the way. Not that we thought it was bad. Not, when we broke them down, we actually liked his folds almost always. Yeah. But still, like, as it turns out, like, he got bluffed, like, a lot. Or even people accidentally bluffed him. You know, people thought we're betting for value and he folded a better hand. That one in the monster stack, that guy with the flush against Berkey's bad full house. Tommy Wynn, I, yeah, think? I think. That's uh, it. Yeah, he had a... Uh, Berkey had pocket nines. Yeah. Yeah. And Tommy made the flush. Uh, but Berkey had bottom full house and folded it. So that may be a reason if you're Berkey to think like people might go after me a little bit more and I have to expand my calling range here a little bit more. Right. Now, is that enough to include Ace King with the Ace of Clubs? I don't know, but it can't be that bad to call, can it? I mean, I mean, if we forget about our distribution for a second yeah. and think only about Casella's range. Yeah. I don't like a spot at all. That's if I do that. Actually, I like it quite a bit. It's because you're you're believing he's going to not raise the flop with all these draws and move in on the turn with all these draws when we when we're looking. Well, if you think about what it, what are his possible hands here combinatorially, yeah. right? And we give him let's say six combos of value, right? Sure, something like that. Okay. And since we have the ace of clubs, we give him three combos of bluffs: queen, jack, jack, nine, seven, nine of clubs. Okay. We call based on the price. Okay, but now you're assuming that all that he's that he has seven nine of clubs, which we don't know that we can reasonably assume that. We actually don't know that we can reasonably assume that he has jack nine of clubs here, right? Now maybe Berkey does know that, but Berkey takes a really long time as he's deciding. Yeah, right? so I mean, if you only give him queen jack of clubs of those, then it's a fold. Yeah, but you also have to give him a lot of not raising the flop with sets. Uh, true, that is true. Um, or two pair, by the way. But he could also raise the flop. Sometimes you're also assuming with your value, with your bluff combos, that he's never raising the flop with any yeah. of the straight draws, which, you know, he should do a little bit yeah. of that too, right? I agree that he probably has more non-raises with sets than non-raises with the, the draws in this case, right? I like him calling with his draw on the flop. I like him calling with the sets too, for the most part. I like so him calling with pretty much everything on the flop if he's going to continue. I don't think this is easy. No, I don't think so either. It's close. I think... If you know Frank Cassell is the type of guy who's going to move in with seven nine of hearts, it's an easy call. Of course. But wow, I mean, then it's really, because now, yeah, it's so far outside the realm of the yeah. stuff we're, we're including here. He's such a wacky, weird dude. We could just, I mean, this is one of the spots where I think it's easy to talk yourself out of hands, you know? Like, I feel like something that happens a lot in poker is you get to the turn, you bet, you get raised, and it just sucks, right? Almost no matter what you have. No matter how yeah. good your hand is, it sucks. Unless you have the nuts, it just sucks, right? I guess you can have the you can have you know the effective nuts, but assuming you don't have the effective nuts, like you're gonna bet the turn a lot with really good hands, get raised, and like be like, well, I could be dead, and what do I think about this player? And if they're not crazy, it just sucks a lot, right? And I think we probably, depending on who you're up against and depending on the games you're in, I think if you're up against good players, probably I'm, we, I'm saying we as the the poker the serious poker playing public, probably folds a little too much on the turn in those spots. Yeah, because we don't think of the types of hands that people can have. Right. Like, I'm not saying Frank Casella is victim of this thought process, but I've definitely folded in spots where I'm like, that guy clearly isn't capable of bluffing here, and yeah. I can't beat any of his value. 
But then he's check raising like ace four on an ace ten eight board because he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Right. There's and I that. made a bad fold, you know, right. with ace king. And and poker's an emotional game. So someone may like be playing one way for a long time. We see this all the time on poker time, right? And then something happens or they get bored or they can't take they can't keep their discipline in any longer. They they have to let it run free. And suddenly they've lost their mind. They're like, I'm winning this pot, I don't care. You know, I've been there. I've been there in my life where I'm like, I'm gonna win this fucking pot. You know, like I three bet that dude cold called. I flopped a flush draw. I'm triple barreling the shit out of this, you know? Yeah. And like, and the guy like folds on the river and, and he's like talking to this. I remember this happening actually. And not like a few years ago where this, this exact scenario happened where I three bet like bad spades. Cause like, I don't know. I don't remember why some other dude cold called and I went bet, bet. And I was shoving all rivers and ace came on the river. So he folded like what would have been what was top pair. And he gave me this whole speech. He was definitely calling me, but an ace came. And I was like, well, oh, well, that would have cost me a lot of money then if I didn't make my flush. Was that in the Tahoe main event? No, it was in a cash game. Ah, okay. It's a cash game. But I, I still remember that guy being so upset with me. And I remember saying, they're like, geez, I guess that was a pretty lucky ace then. So I was definitely bombing all rivers. Yeah. So anyway, back to this hand. Yeah. It is a tough spot. There's definitely hands that Berkey could have that he would play like this that are way worse to call with. Like, I think maybe he could have king-queen with a queen of clubs. That's a significantly worse hand to call with because you not only block ace queen of clubs, but also queen jack of clubs. Yep. That's fair. But it's hard to come up with other hands of value that are worse than ace-king. But the price is so damn good, and it's Frank Casella. It's a cash game, too. You just reload, you know. If you and if you're Matt Berkey and if you know that you have a ton of bluffs here, yes. then you should probably just call with this hand anyway. Agreed. If you've got a lot of barrels, big barrels on the turn, you just have to call with this. Yeah. Agreed completely. Because otherwise he's like Frank Casella moves in and prints money. Yeah. Which we cannot allow. Right. So that's that's maybe ultimately why he calls, actually. He, he may, does call, yeah. Sorry, yes, he calls. Uh, just because he's like, I've got too many, I've got too many bets here that are insta folds. So I just have to call with all my real value. He does take a long time before calling. Though. Sucks to have the ace of clubs. I think if he didn't have the ace of clubs, he calls pretty quickly. I think so, too. But he calls in the rivers of five, and, it, and he gets to win. And Frank Cassell looks a little dumb. Yeah, but sometimes you look dumb when you play poker. That is part of the deal. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, Frank Cassell must be feeling pretty good when Berkey doesn't snap call. Yeah. And then thinks for a long, long time. I usually, in those spots, think like, well, this was a pretty good move in no matter what, whether they call or not. Like, when it takes minutes for them to call, like... That's, the, that's pretty good. And then you have eight clean outs, by the way. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That is super sweet. Like you put up, it feels like you did a good job. It feels like your fold equity was enough to be, make it a profitable yeah. play. But then you lost $50,000 or whatever, $36,000. It's very bad. It's bad. <laughs> Music is my